0: I'm normally caught off guard, but boy. And I thank Jerry for uh, actually preparing. Uh, was it Jerry? I think Jerry that sent me the, the reading for today. So the good news is when you're not prepared, God is. How about that? So let's dive in. This is from Psalms 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save when their spirits depart they return to the ground on that very day their plans come to nothing blessed are those whose help is the god of jacob whose hope is the lord their god he is the maker of heaven and earth the sea and everything in them he remains faithful forever he upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry the lord sets prisoners free the lord gives sight to the blind The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. And now the reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verses 24 to 37. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed, and the demon was gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon, down to the Sea of Galilee and into the regions of Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk, and they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. He looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Epaphrath, which means be opened. At this the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone. But the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak.
1: Amen. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. I love walking through God's word together. It's important to get his word deep inside of us. It's, it is good to... Um, you know, listen to sermons, have our favorite preachers that maybe we watch online or watch on TV, but it's getting in God's Word alone, because His Word has power, it has life, and so we're just going to allow God's Word to have power and life inside of us, and that's why all the scriptures are in your bulletin and the questions are there so that you can dig deep into God's Word. You can take your Bibles out, we're going to look at the Gospel reading today. There's a place in the back of your bulletin for notes. It's blank, and there's a pen in front of you. I'm going to give you a number of things to write down this morning, so I'm going to encourage you to uh, take out a pen and a piece of paper, and let's dive into God's Word together, um, because God's Word is alive and powerful. I have a collection of T-shirts. I I don't wear T-shirts very often, but my collection of T-shirts are the life is good t-shirts. I don't know if you've seen those before. Life is good. They're usually cartoon stick figures with a they're doing some type of of activity or sport and underneath it says life is good. And I've always liked those t-shirts. I I they're fun to wear, they're creative, they're positive and and they're kind of my my go-to t-shirt. Life is good. But there are some days where I don't feel like wearing those t-shirts, and I feel like wearing a t-shirt that says, let's just survive today, you know, let's just, let's just try to make it today, and we've all had those days, right, and we've all gone through things like that, and, and I want to tell you, God's word is good news, that's why we have to get God's word on the inside of us, because the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come that we might have life abundantly, That's why we say that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, I shall not lack, I I will always have more than enough, because God's Word really is good news in a world that's just trying to survive the day. But our lives don't always go as we had planned, and some days are difficult, and so that's what I want to talk to you about. What about those days where it feels like life is a roller coaster, where everything's going sideways and upside down, and you just want to get off? the roller coaster. I remember uh, when the boys were younger, they wanted to go to Great America, and we would take them, and they wanted to ride the roller coasters. And so we'd get on whatever the newest roller coaster was, and we, we'd get strapped in, and we'd take off. And as you're going up that first incline, I'm thinking to myself, why? You know, <laughs> I love my children, but is there like an emergency break? Is there some way this can stop? I don't mind walking back down at this point. I just, like, I just I don't. I don't want to be on this ride. And I think we have moments in in life like that, because life is like a roller coaster, and there may be moments in life where you want to get off the ride. But don't. Don't get off the ride. Don't stop going. Don't stop believing. Because at the end of every ride that I've ever ridden with the boys, that fear that anxiety turned to excitement. We said, that was a great ride. That was fun. And in some cases, we went and did it again because it was so much fun. The devil's here to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's going to tell you, get off the ride. But don't. Keep believing. Keep hoping. Keep going. It may be scary for a moment, but it'll be exciting in the end. And as the word of the Lord came this morning, it's a good forever for us it doesn't end on a bad note. Some of the best examples of getting through difficult times is actually found in the Bible. And so today, we're going to look at the life of a nameless Canaanite woman that Jesus ministered to. She finds herself in this desperate situation, and so she cries out to Jesus. And if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you open to Matthew chapter 15. I know we read from Mark, and there's some important parts of Mark that all. I'll bring out but this gospel is, uh, this story is actually found in multiple gospels and so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 15. I'm going to read from the Passion translation so it'll be on the screen the actual words that I'm reading. And it says this. Then Jesus left and went north to a non-Jewish region of Lebanon. He encountered there a Canaanite woman who screamed out to him, "Lord, son of David, have mercy to or show mercy to me." My daughter is horribly affected by a demon that torments her. But Jesus never answered her. So the disciples said to him, Why do you ignore this woman who is crying out to us? Jesus said, I have only been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But she came and bowed down before the Lord and said, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, It's not right for a man to take bread from his children and throw it to the dogs. You're right, Lord, she replied, but even the puppies get to eat the crumbs that fall from the prince's table. Then Jesus answered her, Dear woman, your faith is strong. What you desire will be done for you. And at that very moment, her daughter was instantly set free from demonic torment. There's two people in the Gospels that Jesus praises for great faith. One was a Gentile soldier, and the other is this gentile woman and those are the only two people that amazed jesus with their faith and i don't know about you but i want to be one of those people that amazed jesus with my faith that wow like god in heaven just saying wow daryl's really believing me for this this is this is exciting i love to see his face faith and jesus was amazed and just thrilled with her faith but to be honest with you if we were completely honest about this story this story has always bothered me. I teach the life of Christ here at Christian Life College and so this story comes up every year in my teaching and I just I don't like the story because I don't like how Jesus looks in this story. It's a difficult story for me because when we were young in Sunday school we would sing Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so. But in this story Jesus doesn't look very loving. We know that He's the good shepherd. We know that He is the healer. He's, a, he's the one who loves us unconditionally, gave His life for us, and, 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 and there was nothing that He wouldn't do for us. And, and we see this tender, loving Savior that looks so harsh and so callous and so uncaring in this story. And we're like, how can this be? I and mean, here's this desperate woman crying out to Him, seeking His help, And what does he do? He ignores her. He makes excuses why he can't help her. And then he calls her a dog. And you say, Jesus, really? That's how you're going to respond in this story? And so we have to look more deeply into this story. And if there's ever anything in the Bible that is giving you some trouble, or you're like, I don't know if I get this, that's where we maybe need to dig a little bit deeper. In this moment, Jesus is outside of his normal context. Uh, He's not in Judea or Galilee or even Samaria anymore. He's gone from where there would be any Jewish influence. He's in an entirely Gentile area because he has made the religious leaders so angry with him that they're out to kill him. So he's on the run of his life. And and this woman comes up, and and that's why he says, don't tell anybody what I'm doing here because he's in a Gentile area. You know, this is just private. This, I'm just here for a moment. But this woman approaches Jesus. Her daughter is demon-possessed. And in the translation we read that she screamed out to Jesus. I want you to think about if your child was demon-possessed. If your grandchild was demon-possessed or your great-grandchild, well, you would do anything to see that child delivered of that demon. You would go anywhere. You'd pray. Any, I mean, you would do it ever... You had to do. And that's why she comes to Jesus. She, she cries out to Him. The Bible tells us that this woman is a, a Canaanite. Someone that in the Old Testament had been marked for extinction. And positionally, she has no claim on a Jewish Messiah. She has no right to ask Jesus for anything. So she has all these things going against her. I mean, first of all, Jesus is ignoring her. And I also find it interesting that Jesus and the disciples are having a conversation about her, but not talking to her. Have you ever had people talking about you and you're standing right there and you're like, I can hear you? You know, it's like. But Jesus is ignoring her. Everybody around her thinks she's a nuisance. They're telling her to be quiet, telling her to shut up. And she is undeserving. And yet, even in that moment, Jesus sees her as a beautiful picture of faith. She comes and she says, Lord, Son of David. And and Jesus says, I didn't come for you. But she continues to worship. She continues to plead. She doesn't give up. The Bible says at that point, she falls to her knees and probably puts her face in the ground in that act of worship. And she says, Lord, help me. Jesus said, it wouldn't be right. I can't give to you what isn't yours, which is reserved for them. And she says, yes, but even the puppies get to eat crumbs that fall from the table. And what is amazing about the story is that she actually agrees with Jesus. She says, you're right, I am undeserving. I know, Jesus, you're right. But still, will you help me? The thing I love about this woman is is how humble and desperately she prays. She doesn't give up. She keeps crying out. She keeps believing, saying, just give me the crumbs. That's all I need. And at that moment, Jesus is so amazed by her faith that her daughter is healed instantly. Her her faith, her perseverance is ultimately rewarded. So what do we learn from this story? Because the story is still bothering me a little bit, so I I have to work through this. Maybe you're sitting there saying, I, I feel like that, that woman crying out asking Jesus for something and I don't even know if he's listening. I don't see any change. I, I, I don't know if, if he's hearing my prayers or, or if anything's going to be done. What are some things that we can learn from this story so that we are like this woman persevering in our prayer? Number one, and I'll have you write these down. Number one, Jesus travels outside the boundaries. The boundaries are set pretty clearly for Jewish people. In fact, since little boys, those disciples have probably been told don't ever go there. Don't ever leave your home. Don't ever go to that place that is so unclean. Never eat there. Never talk to anybody there. It is out of bounds. But it wasn't out of bounds for Jesus. No matter where you are, God will go to rescue you. No matter Whoever you're praying for, no matter where they are, God will go to rescue them. You may feel today, as you sit here, like you're far away from God, but you're not. He's near to you, because there's no out of bounds for Jesus. There are no outsiders to Jesus. It says in Titus chapter 3, beginning of verse 3, "...once we, too, were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures." Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God, our Savior, revealed His kindness and love, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. We once were lost. We once were so far away from God. We were once doing our own thing. And, and it, we weren't out of bounds for Jesus or for His grace. He came out after us and He rescued us. And I want to tell you, God's expertise is impossible situations. They're impossible for you and me, but nothing is impossible for God. God. If you need a miracle from God, you're in a really good place because that's when God can show up and you will be surprised the places God will show up in your life when you call out to him, because there's no place in your life that's out of bounds. There's no one beyond the boundaries. God will show up when we call to him. Number two, there may be something bigger going on. There may be something bigger going on. This story is actually a teaching moment in Jesus' life. It's not a sermon that he's giving, but it's an example that he's giving, and it's this teaching moment. And the teaching moment is not for the woman, it's for the disciples. Because no doubt at this moment, and we kind of even sense it as we read, it doesn't even matter which gospel we read from, the disciples are uncomfortable with this. Like I said, since little boys, they've been told, you don't go there, you don't do anything there, you know, that's unclean, and if you go there, you'll be unclean, and I love Jesus' thought, there's no unclean place for him, because wherever Jesus goes, he makes it clean, so we're going to go wherever we want to go, and, and so he's having this teaching moment with these disciples who would never leave the boundaries, as they've been taught, you don't go there, because soon after his death, after his resurrection, after his ascension, Jesus is going to tell them, you go into all the world and preach the Gospel. You don't stay in Jerusalem and Judea. You you go to Samaria. You go to the ends of the earth. You go wherever I ask you to go, and there will be people wherever you go seeking Me. And so it's a teaching moment for the disciples that, that yes, did Jesus come from the line of Israel? Yes, did He minister in Israel? Yes, but there is something so much more that He wants to do. He wants to draw all men and all women unto Himself. And as Paul read the Scriptures from the Psalms, if you revisit that Scripture, if you look at James, where it talks about favoritism, and you look at all the Scriptures this week, including the ones that we just read, you're going to notice something about God. And that is that He is always for the underdog. He's always for the oppressed. He's always betting on the one that everybody else is betting against. Because that's the heart of God. There's no out of bounds for Him. There are no boundaries for Him. He is going outside the boundaries to rescue everyone that He can. And He asks us to go outside of those boundaries as well because we have to understand the heart of God and who He is and that He loves everyone no matter their condition. Yes, once we were lost in our sin and our guilt and our shame, but He came to rescue us and to give us new life. And that is the heart of God, is the heart of love. The devil will try to make this thing happen where it's like, it's us and them. It's us against them. That's the thing of the devil. God says, I've called you to love everyone, especially those that no one else loves, because I love them. God is for everyone. And so perhaps there's something bigger going on. There's a bigger story that you're a part of. Maybe you're praying something, but God's actually at work in another person's life, in a a situation over here. And He's he's putting all these things together. He's working everything together for good. And so, so, just like this woman who didn't give up in the midst of her prayer, don't give up. Keep praying. Keep believing. God is doing this and He's doing that and He's putting it all together. And what you're going through may be impacting other people that you don't even know. And you're not even aware of. And maybe yours will be a tremendous testimony that will speak into another life. I don't know. Maybe He's preparing you for something down the road. I have no idea. I know God doesn't bring the bad things into our life, but I know that He uses all the things in our life. And I know that God loves you as well. He's got the best plan for you. And so we have to put our hope in Him and that there might be something I don't know. There may be some spiritual warfare going on that you know nothing about. And so we keep praying and we keep believing and we keep pressing through because there may be something bigger going on number three number three jesus is always listening we learn from the story that jesus is always listening it didn't seem like he was listening did it bible says he gave her no reply he didn't say anything to her he he was quiet and and so it looked like he wasn't listening like from the outside and from her perspective it, it doesn't look like he's listening I bet you at some point in your life, in your prayer life, you felt the same. I'm praying. I don't see anything. I don't hear anything. I wonder if God's listening. I wonder if the, the prayer is breaking outside the walls of the, this room. I, I wonder if I'm the only one that hears this prayer as I pray it. But, but I want to tell you, God is always listening. Worship. Plead. Pray. Keep believing. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 6 says, So we are always confident, for we live by believing and not by seeing. We live by faith, not by sight. We live by faith. And when we live by faith, as this woman lived by faith, you will amaze God. Number four, agree with Jesus. Agree with Jesus. I think one of the most shocking things in this story for me is that the woman actually agrees with Jesus, she doesn't get offended. She just agrees with him because she knows that that he has exactly what she needs. I want to tell you today, God loves you. He is watching out for you. And, And other people may see you as a nuisance, but God doesn't see you as a nuisance, okay? I want you to know that. Other people may say that about you. They may talk about you even while you're standing there, but God loves you. And there are things in our life that he wants to change. He wants to make new. And sometimes when that bright light shines in the dark places of our life, we're like, "Oh, I don't, I don't want to go there. And, and we get offended, you know, like if we read the word and it's, it's telling us, and we, I don't want to talk about that, God. And, and I want to tell you that God wants to do something inside of you. He loves you so much. It says, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. I want to tell you that God wants to be at work inside of us. And so if he shines the light, you know, don't go to God and say, God, you got to do this for me. No, just be humble before the Lord. Just just say, God, I know there's things we need to work on here. So whatever you need to work on, work on me first, God, because that's so important. And God doesn't love you more at the end, at the completion than he did at the beginning. No, he loves you all the way through. But there are things that He wants to do. So when He shines the light into the dark areas of our life, He didn't just come to clean those areas up. He came to make you new and to do a work inside of you. And so when He shines the light, just agree with Him. You're right, Jesus. But still, I believe you. I know. Number five, you can plead, pray, and worship. Plead, pray, and worship. Don't give up. Keep praying. God loves you. He is for you. He is not against you. Do not stop praying and believing and worshiping. Continue through until you see the victory. Keep going. Luke chapter 18, and, and we just, we do not have time, bless you. We do not have time today to, to do this, so just looking at the clock. But Luke 18 is, is the two parables about prayer. Jesus is doing a teaching on prayer in that section in luke and and what he's teaching us is there's this widow that goes to the judge and asks for justice and the bible says that she goes morning noon and night she's always there asking the judge for justice and finally the judge is just like i didn't even hear your case but i'm just going to do it for you because you need to stop asking you know you're gonna you're gonna drive me crazy and and in that that parable isn't about the judge like oh you God, you got to give it to me. And then he finally, just, would you, if you'd just be quiet, I'll do it. No, that's not what it's about because it, it also says that God's a good father and he, won't he give you exactly what you need? So the story isn't about that. The story is about perseverance. Morning, noon, and night she came. That's what the story is about, that we persevere in prayer, that we keep praying, we keep believing, we keep worshiping, we keep asking. Because, again, we don't know everything going on, but we keep praying, we keep believing, we keep worshiping. We just keep that going. Because that's part of prayer. Perseverance is a big part of prayer. And then there's another story about a a Pharisee and a tax collector. And this Pharisee prays, God, thank you for making me so good. And thank you that I'm not like this other guy right over here praying, this this tax collector. Thank you, God, that I'm not him. And then over here, the tax collector just falls down, puts his hand on his heart. And he says, be merciful to me, Lord of sinners. And, and so Jesus asked, Well, which prayer did God hear? And the people of that day would have thought that they heard the Pharisee, because the Pharisee's the good guy, right? He's living his life right, and he's trying really hard, and, and he's a good guy, so God's gonna hear his prayer, because he's the good guy, right? And Jesus says, No, it's the tax collector, because the tax collector came to God in humility. And so in Luke chapter 18, he's teaching us two principles of prayer, two very simple principles of prayer. Perseverance and humility. And I want you to think of perseverance and humility as like keys on a keychain that unlock answers to prayer. That, that when we keep asking and we keep believing and we don't come to God arrogantly, but we come in humility and we keep coming to Him as this woman did, just falling down, worshiping, praying, God, please. I believe that God honors that and He answers those prayers. So perseverance and humility are the keys to prayer. And unfortunately, if there's two things that most of our prayers are lacking, it's perseverance and humility. And so we need to pray with that perseverance and that humility. Number six, instant comes after perseverance. Instant comes after perseverance. The Bible says that the daughter was instantly healed, or in some translations, suddenly healed. And I always think, well, that's that's interesting. I mean, it's great that it happened so quickly, but... But really, was it instantly? Didn't she have to go through a lot to get to that instant? And yes, but that instantly comes after perseverance, that she kept praying and kept asking in humility. I want to tell you, God can do anything all at one moment. In the twinkling of an eye, in just that split second, it can change. And I believe that's what faith is. Saying as you pray, because you may have prayed the same prayer every day, year after year after year. And 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 I, I've stood with people in our congregation that have come up after service, and there is something we have prayed for year after year after year that there's like, and and it's almost like, it's, okay. And, and when they're walking up, I know I know what the prayer is going to be. We're going to pray it again, and then like a decade later, God miraculously answers that prayer, and you say, God, you are so good, you are so good, because they persevered in faith. And you know what I love about that kind of faith is 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 this that that. When you pray it every day, you believe that today could be the day. Today could be the day that prayer is answered. I know I've been praying it year after year after year, day after day after day. I've been praying it, I've been praying it, but you know what? Today could be the suddenly day. Today could be the instantly day. Today could be the day where it all turns around. So never stop believing that God is going to give you the victory, that he is hearing and answering your prayers. The very last verse that, that Paul read for us today, and we all cheered when he read it, was Mark chapter 7, verse 37, and it's this. The people were absolutely beside themselves and astonished beyond measure, and they began to declare, everything he does is wonderful. I love that verse. I don't know. It's like, like just this, this, this roar from the crowd, like, yes, he's awesome. He's wonderful. Everything he does is wonderful. And again, Jesus is in a Gentile area. So he's like, don't, don't tell anybody. Don't want to get the word around. And, and because of, of this story and things like this, Jesus has to feed another 4,000 people. And they're all Gentiles because the crowds start to grow and follow him because he is good. And he does minister outside of the boundaries. And that when we seek him, we will find him. And that's what we see in this story from the very beginning, is someone that is seeking Jesus, that doesn't give up, that keeps coming back again and again and again. And even when it looks impossible, that's when she begins to worship even more. That's when she comes down and bows down before him and just says, please, Lord, help me. And so this idea of seeking Him is so important because when we seek Him, we will find Him. We have to believe that this is the day. Today could be the day that He comes through. And even if He doesn't come through today, the Bible says today is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will put on my Life is Good t-shirt because I'm going to believe that God is good and His love endures forever. And today is a day to rejoice. And I need to believe that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. I will have everything that I need and more than enough because He is my shepherd. And so until the answer comes and until God shows up, until we're rescued, we will pray and plead and worship Jesus. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? And in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do just what we've been talking about. To cry out to Jesus this morning. To pray to Him your prayer of what you need. Maybe you're here today and you've been tempted to give up. because you just, you just don't know. You just don't know. It doesn't, doesn't seem like anything's happening, and so you've been tempted to give up. For some of you, maybe you gave up a long time ago. And it's time to just light that fire again to come before Him again, to pray and plead and worship. And I want to tell you, He loves you today. He's listening today. He is good. He's the good shepherd. He takes care of His sheep. He comes to give us life. This will not end on a bad note, but this will end with victory. If we don't give up, if we keep praying, if we stay humble, so we're going to just sing the song that we sang early, More of You, Jesus. I'm going to ask you not to stand during this time, unless the Lord leads you to do that, but I, I'd like us just to, to, to sing that with our head bowed and our eyes closed.